Hi there, Factor Fiction fans. So today I'm experimenting with a new form of Factor Fiction that I'm calling a fiblet. And what's fun about a fiblet is it's a little mini episode that's going to give you the opportunity to guess the fiction yourself at home. So here's how it will work. I'll read four excerpts from articles or multiple related articles. Three of them actually appeared in the newspaper. And the fourth, it's something I've made up myself. So it's your job to guess which excerpt is the fiction. I won't identify the fake story on air this week. You'll need to tune in in two weeks for the next fiblet for that. If you can't wait that long, though, I'll post the fake paragraph on factorfictionpodcast.com or the Factor Fiction Podcast Facebook page. So, are we ready to play? Hello there, listeners. I'm so excited you could join us for Fiblet episode number one. All of the following are, well, except the made-up one, are from the 1892 St. Louis Globe Democrat in an article entitled Fiends in Human Form, Murderer's Row and Its 19 Gory Occupants. Sounds like a fun read, right? Well, actually, I kind of thought it was fun. So here's choice number one. (coughs) Crazy George Schaefer. George Schaefer is confined under sentence of death for the murder of Henry Groton on 12th Street and Cass Avenue on September 21st, 1890. Schaefer was a semi-idiotic young fellow with a passion for variety shows of the blood and thunder order. So intense was his passion for this class of theatricals that he soon gained the sobriquet of Crazy George. He wrote a play, the characters of which were drawn up in the Far West style and entrusted the arrangements of bringing out property to his bosom friends, Henry Grattan and Henry Jackson. These two openly encouraged Schaefer, discreetly resolved to teach him a lesson. Schaefer bought two revolvers and some scenery, which he placed in the hands of Grattan and Jackson. The play was to be produced in a barn near the scene of the murder. When Schaefer returned home on the afternoon of the killing, He found himself sold out of scenery and effects, the proceeds of which went to replenish the pockets of his two quondam friends. Schaefer was furious, and arming himself lay in wait with the two men who were to come, as per a prior engagement, and go with Schaefer to a variety show. As Groton came up to Schaefer, the latter thrust out a revolver and shot him through the head, killing him instantly. Schaefer was arrested, tried in June 1891, and convicted. His attorneys asked that sentence be deferred. The request was granted, and Schaefer remanded to prison. He was sentenced in March last by Judge Normill to be hung on May 20th last. An appeal was taken to the Supreme Court, and the case is docketed for a hearing next October. Choice number two. Cold-blooded patricide. Wilson Howard Harris, the self-confessed killer of his own loving parents, is one of the most cold-blooded denizens of the row, now awaiting the hangman's noose. Young Harris had developed a passion for a young lady of whom his father, highly regarded brick manufacturer Howard John Harris, did not approve. The smitten young man, dependent on his wealthy family for resources, rushed from the home in anger after an argument with the elder Harris. The son remained estranged from the family for a period of one week, during which time he resided with the young lady and spent time with all manner of villains. Young Harris and one of these villains planned to break into the safe at the Harris home to lift enough funds for him and his lady to elope. 
according to Harris's own confession given at trial. His father interrupted the robbery, and the young man was enraged by the old man's appearance, so that he fired the pistol three times into his chest. The thieves continued to fill a bag with loot, and when Mrs. Harris appeared, alerted to the sound of the shots, her own son shot her twice. He claimed that he only used two bullets on her because, quote, he liked her better. The murderous thieves were soon caught when they attempted to pawn an expensive watch Howard Harris was known to proudly display. Once jailed, the accomplice in the burglary wasted no time in identifying Wilson Howard Harris as the murderer, to which Wilson Harris readily confessed. Harris awaits execution. Choice number three. The Cuddy Mac case. Jack Tracy, a huckster, is awaiting trial for his life for the cold-blooded murder of William Barron, alias Dutch Willie, in Cuddy Mac's Concert Hall and Saloon on Broadway, near Wash Street, on March 6th last. Tracy and Barron were bitter enemies and never met without a fight following. Once Barron had Tracy arrested for highway robbery and later was himself charged with a similar offense by Tracy. On the night of the murder, a great crowd gathered in Cuddy Mac's place. Barron was sitting in the back room drinking and carousing with a number of friends when Tracy entered. He walked back to where Barron was sitting and without a word of warning, suddenly presented a revolver and fired four shots into Barron's body, killing him instantly. Tracy escaped and for two days, the murder was a mystery. He was captured at his sister's home in Cheltenham and confessed the murder, alleging, however, that he had acted in self-defense. Choice number four. A Life for a Dog Lewis Leonard, alias Little Lush, is confined in Murderer's Row awaiting transfer to the penitentiary, where he will serve a three-year term for the murder of Timothy Mullen in September 1890. Leonard was a hard drinker with a passion for dogs. He had one canine of which he was especially fond and always took the animal about with him. Leonard had been drinking all day and was standing near 9th and Malamfi streets with his dog when Mullen and several friends happened along. Mullen thoughtlessly kicked the dog, and the kick was his death signal. Leonard, with an oath, advanced and struck Mullen in the face. Mullen retaliated, and the two men clinched and rolled onto the ground. Suddenly, a shot rang out, and with a groan, Mullen staggered to his feet and down the street. He had been shot through the abdomen and died in 15 minutes. Leonard was captured and indicted for murder in the second degree and furnished bond. He skipped out, leaving his bondsman to mourn his departure and was not captured until last February. His trial occurred three weeks ago, and he was found guilty of manslaughter in the third degree and sentenced as aforementioned. Alrighty, folks. So those are your four choices. As I said, one of them's a story I completely manufactured, but the other three appeared in that 1892 issue of the St. Louis Globe Democrat. It's up to you to decide if you can find the fib. Remember, I'll come clean in two weeks in the next Fiblet episode. Or if you can't wait that long, you can go to my website, which is factorfictionpodcast.com, or you can visit us on the Fact or Fiction Podcast Facebook page. Meanwhile, I'll be back next Friday with another traditional Fact or Fiction episode. Until then, pay attention to what you hear, because it's more difficult than you think to recognize if something is fact or fiction.